that's in my control is how I feel about this, how I'm gonna move forward through this. Am I gonna stay in a negative downward spiral of it or am I gonna try and to find peace and meaning around it? Like, so I'm in control. Even you can't find meaning. Even though in this moment I can't find meaning, but that also leans into my faith of I may not understand the meaning, but I do trust that there is a deeper, more profound meaning that I may see in this moment. Ooh. And I truly believe that. There's always a ripple effect. There's always, there's always meaning in everything. Welcome to episode five. This is a total impromptu yeah. episode. Um, literally, it is real. It is raw because we are currently going through it. We did segue into it in one of our other podcasts. Mm -hmm. But it is the saga that continues of Kim's wedding rings. Oh my gosh. I It's so funny. I mean, literally, we weren't even planning on, on recording a podcast about it. No. And... It's like so many people have been following this story and like reaching out and like there's been so much support and love and people have just been like so invested and we feel like we should share this story because I think that there's a really powerful lesson mixed in with it, which we're still, we're still like, Dealing you know, with. it's still fresh, but I feel like we have a good perspective. So Absolutely. And I think it's funny because what I love about this episode is... You know, Kim and I, this is a new podcast and Kim Obviously. and I, Kim and I make outlines. I, I think even professional podcasters make mm -hmm. outlines, right? You need them. This is totally off the cuff and it's really cool because it's just raw emotion yeah. um, that I think is going to come out in this episode. And I used social media. I saw that you posted the story yeah. and I was like, wow, like you posted on Instagram and you did a story. And then my goal was to go find the rings that day. And I was like, I'm going to continue this because it felt like an outlet. It kind of felt like people were there with me. Yeah, people were like really supporting us. Yeah, and I and I felt that it was like so, my 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 people, like we like you know? our tribe, like our like crew was like, like behind us. Like yeah. we're going to get these rings back. Yeah. Like I feel like people were like rallying I feel like we behind had us. Pitchforks and and fire and like oh yeah, storm the castle. Yeah, yeah. It, and it did feel like that. And that's been like the the biggest positive takeaway is like there was such a beautiful community of. Support not only our community online but also the people that we work with oh, we're yeah. you know trying to find the rings and uh one of the girls i work with was like like i'm gonna like saddle up and like let's go like well i guess she she was talking about bringing guns but she has a concealed weapon but yeah she's like let's go get these well, rings back let's take another the step the one nurse that i work with linda was like i'll go into the homeless community we gotta tell okay, the story let's start from the beginning what's so let's start from the beginning okay. right Okay. Okay. So it was a Wednesday afternoon. It was a Wednesday, just a normal Wednesday afternoon. Um, work gym. And to preface, I have been wearing an engagement ring for twelve years, mm -hmm. which is crazy, and a wedding ring for like nine. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I have had these rings on my finger. They are like a part of me for more than a decade. Well, and they're gorgeous, and they're unique. They're beautiful, and, and it's. Our buddy George, uh, George Frank Jewelers in Jacksonville, shout out, um, massive shout out. If you want some freaking amazing jewelry, look him up. But uh, his dad created your ring, yeah, as a unique creation. It's a beautiful, beautiful ring. Not only what it symbolizes, but just the actual ring rings themselves were beautiful, and there was something I was really proud to wear, and I just. Um, 
I just loved them. There's mm-hmm. no other, like, I just loved them. So Wednesday we get off work and we go to the gym and I'm in scrubs and, and like normal, I have a routine. I'm very regimented. You guys, there will be a theme over the podcast. Like you will get to know me very well. I'm very regimented. I'm very routined in the way that I do things. And so like every other time I go into the bathroom, I take off my bracelets and my rings and I put them in a Ziploc, or not a Ziploc, a zipped. Huh. Uh, that's another story, wow. sore subject. Wow. Um, oh my gosh, that's funny I said that. Because Aaron, Aaron always said that I should put my rings in a Ziploc bag and then put them in the zipper pouch. And I'm like, it's fine, babe. It's not a big deal, whatever. And now like, is it? Yeah. Okay. So I put them in the zipper bar in the zipper part of the bag and go work out like normal. And on the way home, I stopped at a gas station to get gas and I'm walking out and this, and it's, you know, what's, oh my gosh, this just came to me. You know what's funny? I wouldn't even have walked by him. But the, you know, at a gas pump, you put your card in and it takes your card and you get your gas and you take off. The pump wasn't taking my card. So I had to walk into the gas station. That's way too many things. Oh my God. I had to walk into the gas station and put 30 on it, 30 on pump four. And as I was walking back out to my car, a homeless man that we now know his name is 7-Eleven Kevin. Kevin. 7-Eleven Kevin. He asked me if I had any spare change and I said I didn't. And I, and he said, no worries. Thank you so much. Like really nice guy. And so I go back and as I'm pumping the gas, I'm like, you know what? I I remember that I had uh, like a dollar and some change that I had when I got coffee earlier. And I'm like, I'm just going to give it to him. I'm sitting here. The gas is pumping. I'm going to just go give it to Kevin. So I reach into that zipper part and I scoop up the dollar and change and I hand it over to Kevin. And he says, thank you. Oh, wow. Thank you. And takes his drink and walks away. And I was like, "Mm, okay, like good deed of the day. I'm feeling good. You know, whatever. It was nice. It was very nice. Um, And it's just funny. I just thought of that part of like, I would never have even walked past this man had I not had that pump not been working like normal. You know, it's just funny how there's like steps to everything. And so I never would have given him money. I never would have talked to the dude. I know. So long story short, I get home that night and I'm unpacking my gym bag as I always do to prepare for the next day. And I realize that everything's in the bag except my rings. And I start to panic and I start to throw everything around. I go out to my car. I'm in the laundry room and, and I didn't want to tell Aaron. You remember what I said? You said... Did you lose your rings? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm like acting panicked. You didn't answer me. And when I you don't answer, answer me, I know that that's what it is. I know. I was like too nervous. I was like, I was too nervous. And I was like, it's got to be somewhere. Maybe it fell out on the car. Maybe it's in my scrubs. And so he's like, did you lose your rings? And I was like, I can't find them. So I realized that they were gone. This is really crazy though, because when we were working out that day at the gym, Um, I was on the rower and I happened to look and I got this weird feeling from a guy that was standing next to your bag. Yeah. And I remember thinking to myself, is he going through our stuff Mm -hmm. and being like, who would do that? There's cameras. Like who would do that? It's out in the open. And and I just literally just went about my business. So then when you're like, I can't find my rings. I was like, motherfucker stole the rings. And I, my gut was telling me that he took them. Yeah. Right. Poor guy. 
So Aaron Which Hall, he didn't. Which he... So... And I feel like there's so many layers to this story, but... We're going to tell them. Aaron goes... He goes back to the gym. That... I flew there. Like, that second. The second I said the rings were gone, you went to the gym. We work at a... Tw- or we work out at a 24-hour fitness gym, and so... Anytime fitness. I thought it was called 24 hours. Anytime fitness. Oh. Well, it's open 24 hours, and you have, like, a key entry. Yeah. And so the people aren't always there, right? They leave at a certain time, but you can still get in and out. So Aaron went... And nobody was there, but he, like, searched the bathroom because then I thought, oh, my gosh. At, okay, at this point, we didn't realize we had given I – ha- I, I had given it to the to Kevin. I was thinking I washed my face. Did I put the ring on the counter and, and walk away, which is so unlike me because I know that I always put it in that, in that part of the bag. But I thought, well, maybe that's it. So Aaron goes to search the gym mm-hmm. to see if he can find the ring. He can't. And um, so – did you want to say something? Yeah, so okay. that that basically ended that night. Like we were so upset. Yeah. We, we had all the emotions. There was some anger that came out. Of I course. said some things yeah. like I thought she was being careless. Like yep. it just you know it's BS. Like really got it because again, like I just all I can figure from my head, and I, and I think I'm like really going into this when you give advice or when you're upset. Like all I can know is what I do, and I have a routine as well. But my routine makes sure. That somebody's literally going to have to shatter my windows in my car, go through like this area because I hide my stuff in the car, but I know where it is, right? right? And so it never goes into the gym. It never gets that thing. So I'm looking at that. I know. And And you're judging me. I was. And like it wasn't the right thing to do, but it is a reaction and I'm learning from it. But like... In my defense... You know, I've had the rings for 12 years. I've never lost them. Like, right, but I'm not a careless person. I and in right, like, what did we just say? Hindsight is 2020. Like, which you just learned. I know that was on the other episode. Um, I just learned something new. But anyways, <laughs> I in hindsight 2020. I wish I would have listened to you instead of rolling my eyes and put those rings in a Ziploc bag because then I never would have handed a Ziploc bag to the man, right? Exactly. The rings were in the change. Okay, we're, we're so, jumping ahead so of ourselves So we literally, that was Wednesday. Thursday, we figured out, okay, like maybe somebody stole it from the gym. So Kim goes back to the gym and checks all of the surveillance, surveillance cameras. cameras. There's no definite. We did see one gentleman walk out of the bathroom right after Kim, grab his bag and leave. The, the people at any time were awesome and we actually called like him. called him and but made it really cool of like we're just calling everybody yeah like it was really awesome that they did that yeah um, and so we checked with pawn shops we filled out a police report we did all the things fast forward to Sunday Sunday so I went to work and at this point you know I'm just like crap like they're they're gone gone. just and we and at this point we still weren't sure were they taken from the gym or did i give them to the homeless guy and i kept trying to justify like i I, there was that we all had that gut feeling my gut feeling was like i i gave it to the homeless man but i didn't want to believe it i I knew you did i didn't want to believe it i'm like i I can't imagine i would be so careless and hand over my rings to somebody like that i didn't want to believe it and so i'm driving home from work and I see old Kevin at the 7-Eleven where he hangs out, where the crime originated. Which is why his name is 7-Eleven Kevin. Right. Which we didn't name him that. The homeless no. community did. Yeah. Our anyway. new friends. Yep. And I pulled in and I said, hey, like, I was here a couple of days ago. I gave you some change. Did I happen to hand you my rings? And he said, you did. And I thought they were a gift. And I sold them. And I was like, well, oh, my God. Where? 
Okay, this is the funny part. He said he sold them at the at the orchard. And it's funny because he was pointing across the street, which is where the orchard is. And I was thinking that like the orchard hardware store. So did I. So I'm emailing the cop because now I have a police report. I'm talking to this cop. I'm like, he sold them at the orchard hardware store. Is there a way that we can look at the footage from the orchard hardware store? Come to find out the orchard is what they call the homeless community where they live. It's in an orchard. It's in an orchard. It was just so funny because she's probably like, what the... Or there's not even an orchard hardware in Oroville. No. So anyway, Kim rolls in the door on Sunday, crying. Inst- crying, and I'm like, "Oh my god, what happened at work?" So I was off that day. I was all excited because I had, you know, done all this inspirational things. Like I was yeah, ready to come you were home. High vibe. And like, I was high vibing, and I see her just like in tears, and I'm like, "Oh my god, what's up?" And she was I like, knew "They were gone." She was like, "I saw Kevin, and he sold my rings outside of the orchard." And so she was like, they're gone. That's it. And something in me triggered. And I was just like, you just saw him? And you're and you like, yeah. So I literally grabbed my bag and took you off. You didn't only grab your bag. We were eating Boca burgers. And you didn't even finish your Boca, which Aaron doesn't skip a meal. Like, no. let's just, like, this is a big deal. He literally throws his dinner, like, on the ground and runs out of the house and jumps in the car and takes off. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God, like, what do, like, I was scared. Yeah. So basically I knew, um, Kevin is, you know, he's not a super mobile kind of guy. Um, so I was like, he has to be close. So I went back to the gas station. He wasn't there. Um, I drove down a couple streets that were around the gas station, couldn't find him. And then I saw this weird area and I turned in and it's like this dead end road that leads out to this orchard. It's a dirt road. So I go to make a U-turn, I turn and look, and there's Kevin standing right there. What I thought was Kevin, because all the description I had was, he's kind of an older guy with brown hair and dreadlocks. and Hard to miss. Yeah, hard to miss. And a blowtorch. Blowtorch and a bunch of stuffed animals taped around him. (laughs) Oh, Kevin. Yeah, sweet guy. Really sweet. Really messed up, but sweet guy. Uh, It's really sad. But, um, so... All of a sudden, my literally, my heart is in my, like, beating out of my chest. There's an entire homeless community there. They're all around there. It was just like, this is totally out of my element, but I have to get out of that. So my thought process was, I need to take a little bit more of a drive and work up the courage. So I said to myself, if it's a sign, I don't know if I told you this, Uh it will be a sign if I'm driving down the street and a police officer passes me, it's a sign that I'm supposed to go in there. And that's what I use. So I'm driving down the street, and sure enough, at the stoplight right there where Ra- Rayleigh's is. Yeah. Can't call it Rayleigh's or else you get stoned in, um, in Oroville. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a police officer. So I stick my hand on my window, and I'm waving. Well, he thinks I'm just like, hey, buddy. Oh, my God. Um, it was a sheriff, uh, Randy, who was literally the nicest guy ever. Um, can't thank him enough. But he pulls over. So I do a U-turn. I go in, and I'm like, dude, weird story. I tell him the story about the rings. Um, and I said, I'm about to walk into the homeless community and talk to this guy, but I'm nervous. I yeah. don't know what could happen. Is there any way that you could follow me and just kind of be there? Like, you don't have to walk with me because I don't want to scare them. I don't want them to think I'm coming in right. with the full force coming of the police. Hot. Yeah. But at least I have some peace of mind in case something went wrong. Mm-hmm. So Kevin was out by the road, which I felt very comfortable with. And so I get out of the car. 
And I was like, I thought his name was Daniel. Yeah. And I was Where like, Where did that come from? I called him Danny. You did, Boy but too. the people at 7 Eleven knew him as Kevin, and I said Kevin, and you said it's Daniel. Daniel so then Boy, yeah. I was like, Are you Daniel? And he was like, No. And I was, he was like, I'm Kevin Connor, like whatever his <laughs> name. He said his full name, and I thought it was really sweet. Like, yeah. whatever. And I was like, Kevin, hey, what's up, buddy? Like, you know, my wife, you know, she handed you some change, and she also handed you her wedding rings. Like, do you do you have those? And I said I heard you sold them. And he was like, Yeah, I'm so sorry. I thought it was a gift. Like I sold them, and I sold them to Frank. And I said, Well, who's Frank? What does Frank look like? And he said, Frank will be back in a minute. And I said, Really? That's awesome. Like, what does he look like? And he says he has a wheelbarrow. And so I'm like, Well, thank you, Kevin. Like, you know, I, I really want to get these back. If you could do anything you can to give them back and like get them back for me. He was just like, yeah, 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 whatever. I am so sorry. I apologize. Mistake. Whatever. I thought it was a gift. Anywho. So then the officer and I were talking and he was like, all right, man, good luck to you. Like, thank you very much. But the cool thing was, is I turned around and Officer Randy was standing right behind me. Like, he was there with me, which was cool. I love that. Um, I just want to say, like, as a side note, too, like, you know, what's going on behind the scenes, too, is I'm home. I didn't know Aaron texted me that he was going into this community and it was getting dark and I was so nervous because I'm like, you don't know what you're walking into. You know, you have no idea. Like it's a a big group of people and you're walking in and you are saying, there's a lot of drugs going on. And it's like, I was so nervous. I'm like, oh my gosh, like what if he walks in there and they like try to beat him up or like rob him or something. So I'm like texting him like. Ah, like, and then his phone wasn't working, so I'm like freaking out. Um, I had my lucky knife and, and, and Randy, your pocket knife. Well, yeah, and I didn't know about the cop either, uh, sheriff, the sheriff. Um, but I think what I wanted to say was that, like, just the balls and the courage that it hmm. took. No, honestly, like, I was blown away. I was like, my husband is a badass. Like, <laughs> no, really, I was like, damn, like, the fact that, like, you got up and like you went down there and didn't know what you were getting into. We that's like an awkward situation. You don't know what you're walking into. Not only are you the danger possibly, but just like it's an uncomfortable situation. But the fact that you got up and you went down there and you just like walked in like a boss and you like handled it and like figured out who Frank was and like the whole thing that happened next. It's like I literally just like I don't know. Well, I just thank you. I, I was blown away by means that. Like, means you're a lot. Like, you're such well, a I badass. Think for you know me so well. Yeah. You just know that that is so out of character yes, for me. And exactly. also, what happens when I get nervous and when I get anxious and when I feel rage? Like, that, that guy scares me. Yeah. Right? Right. I was so calm. Yeah. And I don't know. You know, it's just God, like, yeah. was there. Right? Like, I'm almost getting emotional because it yeah. was just like, I was outside of myself. Totally right? Totally supported. But yeah. I was so focused. I mean, literally, I felt like Jason Bourne, right? With, like, the movies. Like, I knew who was, like, three people to the left. Like, I saw my surroundings. Now, granted, the police officer was there, which I didn't know he was behind me. Right. anyway, with that being said, he tells me about Frank, and he has a wheelbarrow. So, I'm like, ah, that shouldn't be tough, right? So, I was like, let's take a shot. So, I leave. The cop leaves with me. The sheriff leaves with me. I wave to him. And as I'm waving to him, I look at the gas station to the corner next to the 7-Eleven. And there is a wheelbarrow parked out front. Yeah. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah. So I spin a UE into the gas station. And I park my, my Jeep right next to the wheelbarrow. And I'm just sitting there. Now the nerves are like, oh my God. who's going to come out of the right. gas station? 
right? I'm nervous. I know. It's like talking about it. So I'm sitting there and I'm like trying to play it cool. And like, literally, I didn't tell you this either. Some guy parks up next to me, opens his door and slams his door into my, uh, my light, my rearview mirror oh my light. And you know how I am with the Jeep. Yeah. And I was just like, it's all right, man. Don't worry about it. Like everything's cool. Like no big deal. And I was thinking to myself, wow, like that's weird. I was going to be like, I wish somebody hit my Jeep. Yeah. Like, you know? Right. But like they pull off. Still nobody comes out. Finally, guy comes up to the yeah. wheelbarrow. So I get out and I'm like, hey, my man, like, um, are you Frank? And he's like, yeah, I am. And I said, well, hi, my name is Aaron. Um, my wife accidentally gave her wedding rings to Kevin, who then sold them to you. Is that correct? And he was like, yeah. I said, and I, I, you At sold, least they're honest. I said, you sold them, right? And he said, yes, I did. And I said, do you know who you sold them to? He said, yes, I do. And I said, awesome. Can we get them? <laughs> Can we get them back? And I told him the story about yeah. my wife's very upset. It was an accident. We were trying to do something good. So if you have any good inside of you, you will try to get these back for me. And I said, can I give you anything to help you with this? And he said to me, quote unquote, don't give me anything until I get these rings back for you if you want to. Yeah. And I was like, wow, like that's really freaking cool. Yeah. So he's like, give me an hour and I'll be back. They tend to say that a lot. Give me yeah, an hour. Yeah, the other guy right? said like, yeah, he did say so an hour. So I was like, cool, well, here's my phone number. And he said, well, I don't have a phone, but the people in the community do, so I'll call you. And I said, you know what? Like, this is too important to me. I'll just stay here and you go and I'll be here. Yeah. So then I see him going to that community and, and he was like double time. Yeah. It, right? To the, so I was like, this guy's in it, right? Yeah. So I'm so hopeful. So I pull in and I follow him and I sit there. Seven o'clock turns three to hours eight later. o'clock. Like, eight you were gone for three hours. Nine o'clock, nine o'clock. I'm turns home to freaking 10. out and I'm like, babe, come home. It's dark. And you were like, no, like I'm waiting for I Frank. I couldn't stop. And I'm like, babe, I'm so scared. And like, you're like, I'm waiting it I out. You sat there for three hours. I did. And so the homeless community knew I was there. So I kept popping in. Hey guys, is Frank back yet? And they're like, no, he's not back yet. Blah, blah, blah. So I said, well, just let him know I'm out there waiting, whatever. Sure enough, 10 o'clock, I was literally about to pull out. I said, I'm giving up. I'm going to go. Here comes Frank out of the homeless community. And he had a box of cereal and he's just basically like, sorry, man. The guy I sold him to gave him to his baby mama as a gift. And the baby mama is not there. Um, so he's going to ask her tomorrow to get him back. Um, and so I'll go light a fire under his ass. I'm going to get him back for you because I'm an honest person, blah, 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 blah. Come to find out, baby mama had him. Um, so we had to wait to the next day. Well, and again, so it's kind of like this interesting like contrast because you're out doing all of this. I'm home not really knowing what, what exactly is happening. We just talked like very briefly through text, but whatever. And so I'm home and I'm like, pr like he, he told me that Frank was going to go try to find the rings. And I'm like... I like, I'm so hopeful. I was like, we're going to get them back. Like you, you did all this investigative work. Like you, you found like the line of the people. I'm like, we're going to get them back. Like, this is beautiful. And then the doorbell rang and I'm laying there and I thought it was Eric. Like, okay. To preface, we live in the middle of nowhere. Mm -hmm. We have one neighbor. We live in a, off a dirt road. We, we don't have neighbors. So I'm like, oh my God, it's Aaron. And he got the rings and he's surprising me. And he's going to like propose or something, you know, like on the something porch. I would do. Yeah, exactly. I know. So I was like, this is what's happening. I was like, actually thought in the Jeep, I said, where is there a place I can be open that I can go clean them and get a box? Oh, you're so sweet. Yeah. I, I know. And like, so I like, 
I opened the door and it was our neighbor, the one freaking neighbor we have. And he came over to bring me a bag of tomatoes, which, which was, was awesome. so sweet. And I'm so grateful. But he, I, when I opened the door and saw it was him, my face, it probably just like, I like, uh, I was like, you? I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. I like snatched the tomatoes and like, no, slammed it. no, I didn't. But it was like, okay, so you didn't come. And then. And then you finally did talk to them or you were finally coming home. And I said, I was like, did Frank come back? And you said, yes. And I said, well, what did he say? And you were like, I'll tell you when I get home. Mm. So I was like, oh my God, he got the rings. Like he, mm. he totally got the rings. It's a whole thing. And then you came home and, you know, and you didn't. And it was like, I just felt like I had like built up all of this hope. And then it came like Which crashing then I felt down. Bad. So then the next day I'm at work. It's a Monday. Matt works. Let's just fast forward. I know, this can, but it's this like this is drowning out. But like, it is kind of cool though because literally, I went at lunch, no Frank. I went after work, no Frank. So, I waited and waited and waited, and the the homeless population that the camp said we it's really weird, but we haven't seen Frank all day. Yeah. And so poor Kevin comes around. I'm like, hey, Kevin. Kevin. And he's like, hey, Aaron, how are you? And um. And I said, I'm good. Have you seen Frank today? He says, no, but Frank doesn't camp here. He camps way back in the orchard. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. So now I feel feel like my hope is gone and that I've given Kim hope, which then really like upset me. Yeah. And, and so, you know, the saga kind of continues like over the next couple of days, Aaron keeps popping in to the homeless community, like being consistent, showing up like, Hey y'all, like I'm not going anywhere. Like where, and Frank was our only lead at that point. Yeah. Nobody else knew anything. It was just Frank. And so this went on for a couple of days and, um, yesterday. So yesterday was kind of the final header and, you know, we, we've been praying a lot and just really Again, wanting to find peace in this situation because I truly believe, and I, and you know, you could speak for yourself, but like I truly believe without a shadow of a doubt that everything happens for a reason. And I don't know what the reason is in this moment at all, but we have done everything logistically, practically that we could possibly do to above and beyond to try to find this ring. And so the only thing left for me to do was to lean into my faith to pray for peace. Like whether the rings come back or not, like I have to find peace within myself because if I keep banging my head against the wall and like beating myself up about like, I gave this man my rings. Like I handed them over. Like I feel so shitty about that, right? And trying to try to make sense out of, I was doing something good. What the fuck? Why did this happen? Like the meaning in it and just going back and forth. But like that doesn't get me anywhere. That's not going to bring the ring back. That's not going to make me feel better. It makes me feel horrible. So the only other thing to do is like I pray to feel peace and I pray that this ring that means so much to me is serving somebody else in a far greater way and that it's bringing meaning to somebody else because it has to, right? Right. And I'm willing to just like not let it go, but just to like let it go for my own self. Mm -hmm. You know, because we had I had been in a tizzy for days. Well, and you know, everything stopped in our lives and we're very busy people. Yeah. And everything stopped. Our relationship stopped. Our like work, like I was having a tough time at work. Yeah. I couldn't focus. Like I was constantly checking my phone to see if he was going to call me and do I have service and like yeah. what's going to happen and is he there and, and how much do, how far do I take this? Um, I'm relying on somebody that is, 
honestly unreliable. Right. Right. He doesn't even have a phone. Doesn't have a phone. Doesn't really have anything holding him to anything. Right. But um, I, we were like so committed. Like yeah. in, invested well, at that point. Like either way, we had to get clarity from Frank. We had to see, you had Closure. to see Frank again to be like, we got the ring or we don't. Right. And I think the biggest thing was like, Kim and I had a discussion. It was really cool. And we said, all right, we'll put one more day into this. Yep. And whatever happens, happens. But we started to build peace because I was like, I can't keep going at this rate. And it's just going to drive me crazy. And I don't want to live a life feeling crazy. Right. Yeah. Like feeling like, oh my God, like anxious. And like, it was, it was taking me out of oh, who I was. hundred percent. And you were spending all of your time. I didn't go to the gym. No, I didn't do anything. You literally spent every night at the homeless eating. community. I know. At the homeless community. And you made some new great friends. I did. They're, and we'll, we'll shout they're out. The, like the coolest, kindest people. So let's get to okay. yesterday because yesterday was like, honestly, was the coolest day. Yesterday thing was ever. a day. So I was off work and I told Aaron, so I met, I was, I was going to meet Aaron at the gym when he got off work and I was like, okay, we're going to go. I hadn't, now I had never been to this homeless community before. Aaron was doing all of this on his own. And so I was like, we'll go together. We'll ask one more time about Frank. We'll, we'll talk to the people and then we got to let this go, right? We can wipe our hands. We've done everything. This will be our last attempt. And so we head over and we walk up. And I'm like, whole, like there were a shit ton of people and some big dudes. And I immediately felt intimidated. Literally, I told Kim in Subway when we went to Subway, <laughs> I was like, if we would have passed those two individuals oh in a dark alley, I would have been fear of my life. Uh, yeah. So I roll up and I say, I find one of the girls that I've been talking to. And I was like, hey, Misty, how are you? Um, she's like, Hey Aaron, what's Everybody, up? You're old friends. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, have you seen Frank today? And I hear who's asking. And I was like, Oh my God. I'm and this like, guy was gnarly. Oh yeah. Well, jacked, jacked, super jacked, super. He was so high. Like geeked out. Dude. So high. Yeah. But he goes, who's asking? And I was like, uh, Aaron, my name's Aaron. And then Misty goes, this is Aaron. He's looking for Frank. And I said, yo man. Like, Frank sold my wife's wedding rings. And he goes, I saw them. Yeah, everybody's like, oh, we saw the rings. So then the entire community gathers around, around us. us. And this one girl was like, you know, everybody was talking. And so his this guy's name was Willie. And then we got introduced to uh, Crazy Cliff. Yep. And I said, did you, I like say, did you say Crazy Cliff? So we're telling them the story. And Misty's like... You know, no married woman should be without her wedding rings. And they're all like, you know what? We're genuinely good people. We might not look like it, but like yeah. we're honest people. And then Cliff looks at Willie and goes, you want to go? And he goes, let's go. Yeah. And they literally. No, all of a sudden, a minivan comes out of nowhere. I'm like, where the hell did this gold minivan come from? It like rolls up like freaking with angel wings. They jump Dude, on they the back and they, of the minivan. They hit yeah. the top of it and they're like, let's and they take go. Off. And he's like, give me an hour, man. I'll get these rings back. I know exactly who has them. Yeah. So then angel number four comes out named Josh. I and Josh. he's normal clothes, nice hat on, nice looking guy. And he's like, can I see a picture of the rings? Just cool and calm. Yeah. You know, he was like suave. Yeah, like he was suave. He's like, he was me, a hustler. He's like, uh, let me see them rings. So I showed him a picture of it and he's like, all right, man, cool. Like, let me get your number. Um, I'll give you a call if they figure out because there's no sense in you guys sitting around here, but 
I'll keep in touch with you. Just cool and calm. And he had a cell phone. He had a cell phone. Oh my gosh. So anyway, I'm like, dude, what's this kid's story? Like I kept telling Kim, like, what's his story? I'm going to ask him. And Kim's like, don't ask him. Don't ask him. Yeah. But like he literally, we're sitting there. So I said, Kim, I'm not leaving. Like they're about to go find the rings. They know where they are. Yeah. I'm going to sit here. And she's like, no, no, no. So we sat there about an hour. Um, we were listening listening to a podcast. Um, we were chit chatting and like talking about our plan. And uh, Josh comes out and we were just like, man, like, honestly, let's just, can you be real with me? Like, what are the chances we're going to find that? And he was like, to be honest with you, like, they know who has them. They know. And he said, because we were like, just be real. I was like, just be real. Like, are we wasting our time? I'm not trying to waste our time. If we can't get the rings back, it's fine. But we just want to know either way. And he was like, they know who has the rings and money talks. Mm -hmm. So how much are you willing to pay for these rings? Which then puts us in an awkward predicament because we're like, damn, well, how much should we say? Like, what are we talking about here? You know? Well, and that's like a hundred and what's funny is I had just watched a podcast with Tom Billu where he said that, um, you know, his company quest, they hired anybody with any background. So they had like criminal background people and like people that like sold drugs and stuff. And as he got to know them, he said that they're better entrepreneurs than he was. And he's a billion dollar entrepreneur. Yeah. So that's sticking out to me that this guy, they're smooth. They know how to talk to people. And he was like, he literally says to Kim and I, so yeah, man, what's that ring worth? Like 8,000, like 9,000. And I was like... It clicked in me. We didn't want to be like, no, it's worth so much more. It's worth way more than that, dude. Yeah. But like literally it clicked. That that episode clicked in my head, which is funny that these episodes also contribute to street smarts. Right. Um, And so I said, oh, dude, I don't know, man. It was a gift, to be honest with you. My buddy's a jeweler at a jewelry store, and he said that he didn't want his two best friends to get married with nothing that wasn't special. Yeah, so we and made so, it. So we're like, we don't know how much it was. No, but we do, obviously. Obviously, but yeah, we didn't want to, like, obviously we wanted to play down the fact that the ring was expensive and very valuable because... They're passing it around four times for <sighs> drugs and like 20 bucks. And can I just say this, like, you know, this is the thing, like, that triggers me and makes me sad because, like, what I just said before, like, I can get behind the ring really adding value to someone's life of somebody because Aaron and I we have everything like we have everything we have more than we could ever need like this our relationship is beautiful like the ring is is symbolic of our marriage but like just because the ring's gone like we still have each other right like we are good we are solid we We, have a beautiful roof over our head we have a great life so I could get behind that ring serving somebody else and like them getting money to to clean up their life or or whatever I'm like that'd be awesome if it adds value in that way boom I could get behind that right I can rally behind that but what I couldn't get behind and what is making me sad is in the the people of the community were telling us this that they were sell the ring was selling from person to person for drugs for a hit so it's like for the ring to be passed around and like so devalued of just like I'm gonna sell this for like a hit of meth like I was like, my heart, like, just like, because that's not serving anybody. So what is the freaking point? But is it though? That's a debate. It isn't. In our opinions, but it's serving them. Like, it's not. And like that, to me, that Which I agree. Don't get me wrong that I say like, but I'm saying in their world, right? But my point is that like hearing that. Right. It's like, oh my no, gosh. I, I love your story, like what you said. If they were literally, like, they use that to sell it to get, like, a couple thousand dollars to get off the street for yeah, a little bit. And, like, and get a job. Or, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, that 
ring is worth a shit ton of money. It is, but uh, you're not going to, I mean, you're not going to I'm just that, saying, if it helps somebody in a I real, tangible way. I love that. That's what I'm holding out for. I love for. that. So anyway, basically, uh, Josh tells us to leave. Um, he said, it was funny, because he said to me, quote unquote, like, man, you guys need to get out of here. How long have you been sitting here? It is hot out which I thought was really funny, yeah. right? Because we're sitting there. I'm, I'm totally we're in cool with sitting there. Jeep. Yeah, but he was like, "Man, it's hot. Like, you guys get out of here. I'll call you." And so I've heard that before. Like, I'll call you, but for some reason, this guy was awesome. And um, so we went to Subway to eat so we could stay close. Um, and then we we're like, you know what? Let's just go home and just. No, that's turn not it. true. We they came back in the minivan. They came back in the oh, minivan. Oh, right before we left. Yep. Wild Willie pulled up in the in the minivan. And uh, he came over and he was like naked wasted. And he basically said that Crazy Cliff was working on is it. still down there. He's working on it. And he said, you have my word that I will call you as soon as we find out. Because the word on the street was that, and I don't know if we had already said this, but whoever Frank sold it to gave it to his baby mama as a gift. And so the purpose of it was to find the baby mama and to pay, get the ring back. And pay for it back. To pay for it to get it back. That was where we were. Right. And so he said, I will call you. You have my word. So Aaron and I then decided to leave. Mm-hmm. And we went to Subway. Mm-hmm. And on the way home, yeah, on the way Aaron home, got the call. I got a call from Josh, who Josh took it upon his own hands to walk down Josh there Josh like, himself. look this. I'm going to go figure this out. Well, he knew because we said, Josh, if you handle this yourself, like we'll, we'll make it worth your yeah. while. Right? Like... Uh, at this point, right? So he walks down there himself and he basically talked to the guy that Frank sold it to and the baby mama yep. was there. And he basically was like almost like a police officer or a doctor breaking bad news to me. He was like, hey man, I just want to know that I've been there before. My ex-wife got her ring stolen and I know how you're feeling, but I just want to tell you it's up in the air right now. They sold them to somebody else and they have no clue who they sold them to. Yeah. It's nobody in the community. Um, so they're out and about within the city. So yeah. I hate to break it to you, but I'm sorry. Um, I know how you feel. And I was just like, wow, dude, like, yeah. thank you so much for calling me. And what's funny is I was like, yeah, man, keep in touch. Like, yeah, like we're old friends. Yeah. Like, let's go grab a beer and like talk about life, you yeah. know? Um, but, and you know, here's the thing is like that. So that's what this happened yesterday, right? So we're recording this pretty fresh off that and super disappointing because I, I really thought. I thought we had Especially him. when he said money talks. Like we were willing to pay for these rings back. and Within a certain with extent. It, obviously within reason. But, like, again, we're selling it to, or we're buying it back from people that are also, probably selling it for We also for $20. had negotiation factors that I was going to bring into the fact. I was like, you can either take $150, or now that I know you have them, you are facing grand theft. Yeah. And we had, we filed a police report. And so if they were ever to turn them in at the pawn shop, they would be flagged. Which and tell them what the cops said to you, because I've always wondered this. The fact that Kim handed the rings to yeah. somebody is that theft. Yeah, so I just talked to the police officer. She actually just called me. We were recording another episode, and she re- she called me. And um, basically, they're going to investigate it for us, too, so there's still hope. Um, but she said, basically, the minute that I handed Kevin the rings and the fact that he took them knowingly and didn't say, like, hey, are you giving these to me or whatever, um, the fact that he took them, he could have been arrested right there for grand theft because of the amount that the rings are worth and the fact that I didn't give them to him as a gift. It was an accident and he didn't give them back and he sold them. And so there, there's a case around it. Um, 
And yeah. so, anyways, which we don't want to happen. And I don't want don't, anybody. Don't take Kevin to jail. No, 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 I don't want anybody getting charged. I don't want anyone to go to jail. I just want my rings back. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think the the takeaway too is like. The the ring is just a thing. It really is. It's wow, just it's a, like a rap song. The, the ring, ring is, is just a thing. thing. Whoa, whoa, whoa. The ring is just a material thing. And again, it has nothing to do with our relationship. But they're so meaningful to me. You know? And it's like, of course I would love to get them back. But like we said, we're also just trying to find... Like peace and meaning. I don't think we're just trying to thing. find. I think we have found peace around. Yeah, there. literally. I, I mean, you did say that because we see Seven Eleven oh, Kevin I all the to say time. Something. Go ahead, sorry. Um, and I wrote a I wrote an Instagram post about this today, and I and I think it's just like a good. There's less. There's post. lessons in everything. Beautiful yeah, if post. you haven't read it, go to at Kim and Aaron G. Um, and I wrote a post all about this, but to paraphrase it, like it's a beautiful reminder. Like sometimes things happen in life. And no matter what we do, we can't fix it. We can't control it. We can't figure it out. We're not getting the the ending that we wish that we would have had. There's nothing that we can do. It's out of our control. And so when that happens, it's... Sorry, Mimi's snoring and she's distracting me. Um, the only thing that we have control of in our life is our perception of things, is our own peace, is our own mindset. We can, I always say this. I think Gabby Bernstein said this, and I totally took we this just, from her. We always talk about her. Yeah. Um, she says, you can't always change your experience, but you can change the way you experience your experience. Um, beautiful. Or experience the experience. Yeah. And it's so true because the only thing that's in my control is – how I feel about this, how I'm going to move forward through this. Am I going to stay in a negative downward spiral of it? Or am I going to try to find peace and meaning around it? Like, so I'm in control. Even though you can't find meaning. Even though in this moment I can't find meaning, but that also leans into my faith of, I may not understand the meaning, but I do trust that there is a deeper, more profound meaning that I may see in this moment. And I truly believe that there's always a ripple effect. There's always, there's always meaning in everything. And I may not see it as a human in this moment, you know, but somebody could be experiencing it somewhere else, you know? And so I think it was just that reminder to us of like the things that we can't, there's always things that we can't control, but we can always control us and how we show up for the experience, what we learn from the experience, how we, what we take away from the experience, our attitude towards it, our mindset around it and our own peace. Those are the things that no matter what nobody can take from us and that we have control over. And that is a really, really, really powerful, important thing in all areas of our life. I love that. And I think I have one other thing to add to, I think from my perspective, because I, if I lost my ring, I can only go with how I would feel, right? But then the fact that it wasn't my ring, like, I don't operate very well if I don't do everything possible, Yeah. right? Like, even when it came down to sports, I've always said, like, I don't mind losing as long as I know that I left nothing on the table. Like, I can literally shake hands with somebody and be like, you beat me. Like, yeah. it's good, right? Like, I understand that. With this, it's the same thing. I literally needed to feel that I did everything in my power and there was no what ifs. Yeah. Because if 100%. you live life with what ifs, there's always that resentment, right? Yep. Like what if, but now that's why I feel so peaceful. You even said to me when I broke the news to you, you said, why aren't you more upset? 
Mm-hmm. And I said, well, because I really feel that we did everything. Yeah. At least me personally, too. Yeah. Like, I did everything I could. And that was like, it, it's a very peaceful place. It's like, exactly. It's like, you get, like, we have clarity around that because there's nothing else I would have done from a practical standpoint. We right. took every single step that we knew what to take above and, and you went, yeah, above and beyond. So when you take a look at that and you're like, there's nothing else I can do. I have done my part. There's nothing else. Then I feel like it is easier to find that peace because you can, then it's just like, I'm going to surrender this over because there's nothing else that I can do, but let this go and lean into that trust. And if the ring is supposed to come back, I welcome it with open arms. And if it is not, I trust that it is serving someone else. And that is all I can do for my own sanity, Mm -hmm. my own spirit, right? My own happiness which is the most important thing. And I think it's you know? beautiful what somebody said in the post about like, you know, we'll find a new ring that'll have like a, a meaning, yeah. but then this story will live on, right? Because yeah. this is the story of the original rings. Yeah. And that story led to the new rings, right. which now, I mean, the story just grows. And I think our relationship grows again. Like we are so blessed. Like the symbol of our relationship is not going anywhere. Like no. we are strong. We are still good. And that's all that we matters. We still like each other. And it's funny because one of the thoughts I had was, you know, the ring was beautiful and it was something that I was really proud of yeah. to give you. And it literally was to the point where like, I feel like when we walk into like a dinner or we mm-hmm. walk in somewhere, like I love that my wife has a beautiful yeah. ring, right? Like, and that's I, so like status so, and It's so like shallow, but it's, but like, if we're just being truthful, I felt the same way. I was proud to wear it. It was beautiful. I got complimented all the time on it because it was a beautiful, beautiful ring. It yeah. was. And I and I loved wearing that ring. Yeah. And here's the other thing is like we bought that ring. I, we Aaron bought that ring, you know, 12 years ago, the engagement ring. Right. And so we were in a totally different place then. And now I would never spend that kind of money on something like that ever even again. Even though we could drop that money, even, no problem. Even though we could. It's like, to me, like, that's not important. That doesn't add value. Of course, I want something on my finger because I feel weird and crazy and naked without something on my ring finger. And so we will replace it to some extent. But, like, we will never spend that kind of money again. We will never no. invest in a ring like that. So my days of wearing this beautiful, big wedding ring are over. And that's a kind of an interesting feeling to have even though it is superficial it like let's just be real about it like we will never spend that kind of money again on it and it is what it is really no i wouldn't yeah don't say never because i mean you never know you never know but i just think my priorities are so different in my life that like yes beautiful diamonds are beautiful but like that's not i'm not spending that kind of money on them i I would much rather have a cool experience or like travel the world or do something like that so you're telling me that if somebody gave you a beautiful ring you would be like no i'd rather have the experience well if somebody gave it to me i don't want to pay for it (laughs) so if anybody wants to like donate a beautiful (laughs) ring i'm totally open to that i'm not like allergic to like diamonds (laughs) but i don't want to spend like my own money and that capacity towards something like that i agree um, and the last thing I want to say too is this is something that again is a really practical thing, but we have had 
so many conversations over the years about getting insurance on both of our rings. And it's such silly, silly things of like, oh yeah, we'll do it. Oh, we're going to put it off. And we never did. And it's like things like that, that is just like, we kept putting something off that would have taken an hour of our time and then the ring would have been covered and then we could have been able to move on and like buy something new. And so it's like little things like that. Don't put, don't put stuff like that off. I like look at us and I'm like, what the fuck were we thinking? It's just, it's, it's just not, it's silly and it's, it, it could have been avoided and whatever lesson learned, but, um, really being smart about think, that kind of stuff. I think my last thing that I want to close off is again kind of what we were getting to at the beginning. But I just want to thank all of you out there that have supported us yeah. through this. It literally did, like we started off in this podcast, I felt like I had a fiery army behind me. Um, and none of you guys were actually physically behind me. But the support has been amazing. The comments have been amazing. Um, this journey has been amazing. It's been a growth. I mean, Linda, the lady I work with at, at work, she literally was like, listen, I'm a nurse and the homeless community will like, like a nurse. And then I'll go in cause they don't know that I'm connected to you and I'll bring, I'll bring waters and I'll bring like deodorant and toothpaste and we'll do like an outreach and I'll just happen to ask about, has anybody seen some wedding rings? And like, like you not know, sure. like nobody. Cause then know. she's like, I can infiltrate the entire camp. Oh my God. And I I, it's just beautiful. Yeah, right? Like, people just wanting to help. And uh, I think at the core, it unites people. It does. And at the core of, of each person, I truly believe this. People are good. People are kind. I agree. I still people want to be helpful. Even all of these people we met in this community that, you know, we said like, from their physical appearance, they looked kind of scary. Like you could tell like some of them were, you know, high or whatever. But at the end of the day, everybody was so kind and so helpful and were doing the best of their own ability um, of what they could give at the time to try to help us and um, help us find the ring. Mm -hmm. And I think remembering that no matter what people's physical appearance looks like, People are good to the core. I believe that people are good. And they're, you know, we have crazy things happen in this world. But I think, like, remembering that people are good. And people are only Kevin. Bless his heart, you know. Like, like a part of me was really angry with him. But, you know, he he's doing the best that he can with what he has. And, you know, whether he really thought they were a gift or not, you know, it's like, he was handed something that had value. And for him, he looked at it as an opportunity to make some money because They're of his condition, you know? So, but I do believe people are good um, in a whole. And um, so anyways, that's that's pretty much a wrap. We will be keeping you guys posted. It's, the journey still continues, the, though. The saga continues. The saga continues. Stay tuned. The police, police officer called. The police officer called. So send prayers. We're still hopeful. We're hopeful, but still feel at peace, even if it doesn't come I back. Agree. Um, and we will definitely keep you guys posted. Yeah. So as always, head over to freedomandscrubs.com and leave a five-star review and <laughs> Please. subscribe. And um, Well, even on top of that, guys, take a screenshot and shout this out to your friends. Share it with your friends. Tell us what you loved about this episode. Um, really, we again, we do this because Kim and I crave community. We love hearing from you guys and just, you know, really just... Leaving us a comment. Just leave us a comment, please. I like to talk Wait, to people. Wait, there's no comment.
comments. Like, it's a review. So leave us a review. Well, not only that, I'm And just share on like, the socials. If you like our podcast and you know anybody that might enjoy it or add value, please share it with your friends. Well, like, well, tag I, I Freedom and Scrubs. We're always going to have, like, a post on Instagram about our podcast. Right. So you can go in and, like, give us a comment. Loves it. Yeah. All right, guys. Until, we will see you on the next episode. Until next week, dream big and live free. Okay. No? No. Dream big and live. You said you hated live free. I do. Live free or dying. Oh, it's the worst. That's Vermont's. uh, It's not Vermont. New Hampshire. New Hampshire. All right. Anyway. Peace out. Deuces.